it gave me permission to make a different decision. Hmm. I think at a deep level, we're all looking for somebody to say, hey, you got this. You got this. Because we're so used to people saying, that is crazy. Like, what do you mean you're going to leave your job and go podcast? What is up, our fellow Legacy Warriors? It is a powerful thing when you have a conversation with others and they bring a perspective that you haven't considered before. On the episode, we had our guest Kevin Palmieri on with us, and he brought together this quote that he had hit rock bottom, but he found out rock bottom had a basement. When you think about the power of that quote and you start thinking about life, it is one of those things that experiences come in to our life and it is a matter of how we look at that experience and how we take it to grow and progress and bring something forward to help others out. So we're taking our bricks from the failures and we're building something. That something that you're building is up to you. It just depends on what you're doing with it. So within this episode, we talk about the aspect of pouring into others, the value of the human experience, and power of taking ownership. So think about that, how powerful that is with going through the experiences of your life, taking ownership, and then flipping it to work to your advantage to be able to serve others. I've talked about this before. If you want to enhance your listening experiences when it comes to podcasts, go download Podopolo, use the referral code Two Native Sons, and this will allow you to really focus and level up your listening game when it comes to the podcast. Other than that, our fellow Legacy Warriors, enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you later. What is up, Legacy Warriors? Let's go out there and make some noise. Coming with uh, Legacy Digging, two native sons here, Scott Brandt. Patrick Murray, call me. And uh, today we have a phenomenal guest on with us, Kevin Palmieri, podcast host himself, just looking at what he brings to the forefront and his drive and passion for just seeing people leveling up, people tapping into their whole person is huge. And so when we took a look and had him reach out and wanted to come on as a guest for the podcast, we're like, yep, let's go ahead, bring him on. (laughs) No brainer, um, just with everything that he's got going on and bringing into the podcast space and the coaching space. Can you read that tagline that he had? Oh, you want that one? Yeah, we have to start there. (laughs) So this was something that really stuck out. And once we have it here, Kevin, you can expand on it. What this uh, this was something that was powerful when we read it was uh, some people find rock bottom. I found out that rock bottom had a basement. Man, when we read that, our jaws dropped to the floor. So part of the reason why I was so interested in hearing about that is my background. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time I went from unpurposed to unfinished. But it's not a quick turnaround. It's not something that you, you know, a journey that it it fixes, you know, and it takes a long time to even get comfortable to be able to share that. And so when when I read that, when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is somebody that I resonate with automatically. So elaborate. Tell us a little bit more about you and then, uh, you know, tell us about uh, that quote, man. Yeah. So first of all, thank you both for having me. It's awesome to see co-hosts since I have a co-host, Alan and I do this together. So it's always wonderful when I get the opportunity to talk to two podcasters at the same time. I value that very much. Uh, So to your point, when I was 25, I was crushing it from the outside looking in. 
I had just won a bodybuilding show. So I was quite literally in the best shape of my life. My girlfriend was quite literally a model. I had a high paying job. I had a new sports car. I had a new apartment by all outside standards. I was the happiest person you could know, but internally and truthfully, I was very insecure. I was very uncertain of my future. I was somebody who lacked confidence. I lacked purpose. I lacked a lot of things, right? I, I looked very happy, but there were so many voids within me. So my girlfriend came to me one day and she had big goals, big dreams, big aspirations. And she said, Kev, I want to move across the country from New Hampshire to California. Let's do it. And in my scarcity, in my fear, in my insecurity, I gave her every reason in the world why she should do it. I'm sure you can imagine how that conversation went, and I'm sure you probably can guess what happens next. <laughs> so my girlfriend ended up leaving me, which she should have. That's exactly the, the right thing that she should have done. But when she left me, I had to look in the mirror. And I remember thinking to myself, who could possibly love this version of Kev? Mm. I know from the outside, I seem like a very, very good catch, but I do not love myself. How could anybody love me? Now, here's the problem. I focused on self-awareness. I focused on self-improvement, maybe for a couple of weeks. And then I said, you know what? Money. That's it. That's that. I need more money, more money, less problems, more money, less pain internally. So I said, next year, I'm going to make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. And that was my goal. So I got a promotion at my job. I worked in a weather uh, industry called weatherization. All that means is I would go into schools, fire stations, police stations, anything state owned, and I would make those buildings more energy efficient. Mm. Since I was working on state contracts, I get paid anywhere from 60 to $120 an hour, mm. right? So I'm 25, now I'm 26, no college degree. I'll take it. Good money, good money. So the beginning of the year, I get a promotion to a foreman. Awesome. More hours. Love it. The potential downside of that job was it required a lot of travel. So fast forward to the end of that year, I had lived on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months. Every mm -hmm. single week I was staying in hotels, not the nice kind. I was driving six hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours to job sites. So we get to the end of the year. I have my final pay stub in hand. I'm standing at my kitchen table. My ex-girlfriend took the chairs. They were her chairs. I was never home, so I never bought new ones. I opened up my final pay stub and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. But much like my previous moment of reflection, I realized that I still wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any different. I wasn't more confident. If anything, I might have been less confident. And in that moment, I realized that for most of my life, I had lived unconsciously, right? Not on purpose. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So mm -hmm. I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. Just like you having deep conversations with deep human beings. And that's why I love talking to early entrepreneurs. Now, I fell in love with podcasting as I've determined and decided this job, don't want to do it anymore. I've already reached the quote unquote pinnacle. I don't want to do this again. I don't have it in me. So don't do this next part. I start calling out of work. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late and I'm just done. Got to the point where I would have to be in New Jersey, which was like six hours from where I lived, Monday morning, 7 a.m. to start a job. I would sleep in my bed in Worcester, Massachusetts from 9 p.m. Sunday mm. to midnight. I'd get up, I'd drive six hours straight to the job site, and then I would work an eight-hour day and then go to the gym because 
I was so homesick. I just wanted to be home. Kept getting worse and worse and worse. And eventually my rock bottom basement, I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey, 5.15 in the morning. My alarm clock goes off, sit up, slide to the edge of the bed, lacing up my work boots. And the best way to explain it is there's 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one is on a different station. Mm. One is saying you're stuck here forever. I know you want to leave this job, but quite literally, you will never find something that pays like this. Mm. If you do leave, what will your friends think? They all look up to you. There's significance there. If you do leave, what will your family think? You make more money than anybody in your family. If you do leave, and I'm sure this will resonate with you both, you're going to become a podcaster. That's what we're (laughs) going to do here. We're going to ride this podcast off into the sunset. And in that moment, I felt that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. Mm -hmm. Now, I am very blessed that I have a wonderful business partner who was just a friend at the time. I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, on Snapchat, I messaged him on Snapchat and said, hey, man, I'm dealing with this. I'm having these feelings, these thoughts, these emotions. I I don't know what to do, man. What do I do? Alan has studied self-improvement for a long time, and he's been mentoring me since the very beginning of this journey. And he said, Kev, over the last couple of years, so much about you has changed, but your environments have stayed the same. Mm. I think it's time for you to change your environment. So I ended up leaving my job three or four months later, starting the journey of being a very broke entrepreneur, trying to figure all of this out. And here we are, whatever it is, five and a half years later with 1,200 episodes and we're both doing this for a living now, which I'm very, very grateful and blessed to be doing. It's such a unique point to hear that, uh, start off the relationship as a friend and then moving into business partners and podcast hosts. It's one of those things that as you're expressing the, the idea of having 10 TV sets in your mind and each one having a different program going on. The judgment piece that is inside of all of us, our judge that rises up and then holds us back because going back to caveman day, it's like if you go out there, you get squished by a woolly mammoth, you're done. Mm. But in today's day and age, that judge rises up and then throws everyone out of whack. But then to have somebody that's seen you on the journey and give that insights from an outside perspective that you may not have considered because you're centered to the storm. And so having somebody there to give that outside perspective is huge. Mm. And so when you have somebody that knows you well and gives you that perspective, what did that do for you? Or what did that do for that internal judgment piece that was rising up when somebody gives you a different perspective? Yeah, my answer to that is always, I think, not the opposite, but different than what people expect. It gave me permission to make a different decision. I think at a deep level, we're all looking for somebody to say, hey, you got this. You got this. Because we're so used to people saying, that is crazy. Like, what do you mean you're going to leave your job and go podcast? Statistically, the odds of that succeeding are very low, Mm. right? It just, it is that way. But that doesn't mean people can't put wind into your sails. It doesn't mean that people have to automatically doubt you. So for me, it gave me the permission. And I always think, what if I reached out to somebody And I said the same thing and they responded with Kev. Nobody really likes their job. Nobody really likes what they're doing. Like go home, enjoy the weekend. I'm sure it'll be better by Monday. It would be a completely different story. I don't know what it would be. Would I be here? I don't know. 
but it gave me permission and it gave me some borrowed belief. Mm-hmm. I do believe at a deep level, one of the biggest bottlenecks to people's success, fulfillment, everything, chasing their dreams is lack of belief. If you do not believe something is possible, you will not take action. If you do not take action, you get no feedback. If you do not get feedback, it proves to you that you can't do it. And then you're stuck in this conundrum where Alan said to me, basically, hey, man, give it a shot. Whoa, I can do that? Yeah, give it a shot. I got different results. Those different results created new awareness. And then here we are. So it gave me permission and it gave me a borrowed sense of belief that I did not have on my own. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And it's very hard to replicate that, right? I think that's the beauty of podcasts. If I'm not a motivational speaker, I don't consider myself that. But when I get fired up, I want to pour into people and I want people to say, all right, like, let me, let me believe in myself for a minute here. And let me, let me hold eye contact when I'm walking down the aisle at the supermarket. Let me start a conversation with somebody today, even though it's uncomfortable, you'll get feedback and feedback is good for you as long as it's in the right amount or the right dose. Man, let's go. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, Kevin, there's so much to unpack in that. But for me, like when I'm listening to you and again, I resonate so much with the things that you're saying. I remember thinking like, because I I crossed that line. I attempted suicide, Mm -hmm. right? And to be able to come back and say, you know what? I couldn't even do the one thing that I thought was going to fix all those problems. I failed at that too. And that's a whole different type of shame because now you're even, like you said, drop into the bottom floor of what you thought was the absolute worst. Mm. But that confidence piece, that piece, that belief piece that you're talking about somehow, right? Like you just, you have to want it so badly. You have to be so upset about where you're at. You have to be so sick and tired of everything to be able to turn around and say, you know what? I truly want better because again, a lot of people are not going to take that action until Mm -hmm. somebody inspires them. Or like you said, gives them that borrowed belief. But I tell Scott all the time, man, I don't know. I went from this guy who had never done anything. I've worked in the call centers. It was internal sales. I never gave a 30 second elevator pitch to, you know, to sell myself. And I went from that to entrepreneur to now where I feel like I could sell anything to anyone. Right. And people are like, how does this shift change? How does that happen? What was the exact moment? There wasn't really a defined moment. I mean, it's a bunch of defining moments that turned around and said, you suck. A bunch of defining moments that said, you know what? you're not going to be any better than where you're at because your mentality stays the same because the people you surround yourself with stay the same. So I love that you're talking about your partner and your mentor and business partner about how it's gotten all there, because uh, that's actually how this podcast came to be. I was actually having a kind of a a rough day as an entrepreneur, a business owner. And uh, rather than shooting a Facebook message, like most of my um, friends often do, because that's where I built my agency he gave me a call and he was like, Hey man, I know you're having a rough day. I just want to let you know that I'm available if you want to talk. And I was like, you know what? I could use that. And we went and had a conversation at a park and kind of kicked off everything else. So Mm -hmm. I love being able to hear how those partnerships form. And it's funny because you can have people that you've been around your entire life. You can have people that, you know, kind of the reactions that you're going to get from friends and family because they're oftentimes too close to the situation or they remember you, how they met you. Mm. 
And it's crazy to think that somebody who maybe knows of you and then all of a sudden you just never know where those connections are. And I think that's a huge growth piece as well to be able to welcome that or to be able to take a leap on something like that. Did you, so maybe this is true for you. I don't know. Did you both ever play spin the bottle with one another and the popular girls in high school, middle school, actually. No, see, so, so Alan and I played, we played spin the bottle in middle school with the popular (laughs) girls. I peaked early. Then Alan and I had a falling out in high school because Alan is the most intelligent human being I've ever met bar none, not close. And he was an intellectual in high school. I was an all-star baseball player. Didn't necessarily get along. He had more of an ego. I was pretty insecure. We ended up reconnecting after he graduated college a few years later when I was 25, right? When I was 25, I kind of reconnected with Alan. Alan was an entrepreneur who had left a multi six-figure job Hmm. and he was, it looked like he was living the dream. So I was attracted to the fact that his lifestyle was something that I desired. And I think it's core values. It's similar. You guys get along. I can tell by a couple of things. I still don't know who is more confident, which I can usually tell almost immediately. <laughs> but you're very patient with one another when it comes to interviewing. Interviewing with somebody else is a is a, such a skill. So I can see there's a really good relationship here because there's no ego. So it's very interesting where I think the humility aspect comes in, hmm. right? The fact that, we both, and again, you and and I, we both have partnerships and we have to understand that we have our unique strengths and we have our unique weaknesses. I wouldn't be who I am without Alan. Alan wouldn't be who he is, you know. So it goes both ways. And I, I'm grateful to to be talking to a partnership and I'm glad you're here, my friend. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, man. And uh, likewise, you know, it's stories like this that need to be heard. And this is why we started this podcast because- every story matters. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you, I love being in that building phase with entrepreneurs. I tell everybody, if you're willing to take time to improve yourself, I'm willing to give you that time to give you advice or to be a listening ear or a sounding board. And one of the things that we tell people all the time is that you have to share your own story because if you don't, you're not going to like the version that other people are telling. That's a fact. <laughs> and realistically, and this is the weird thing. You're the author and you're the editor of your own story. A lot of, we're giving pens to people who don't deserve it. Mm. And we're letting them cross things out. We're letting them erase things. We're letting them circle things, change words. This is an important understanding that I wish I knew earlier. It's not that people necessarily want to see us fail. It's that they're afraid we're going to. Mm. And we tend to give advice based on our own beliefs. The advice I would give you as podcasters is drastically different than anybody else because I know you can win, right? Because we're quote unquote winning. Somebody who tried and failed is going to give you drastically different advice than I am. Understandably, that was their human experience. One of the most valuable things I ever got, and I guess it's a lesson, I was the guy who told my girlfriend not to chase her dreams. Mm-hmm. I, that was me. I was that guy. But it wasn't because I thought she was going to fail. It's because I didn't think I could succeed in that role. And that's given me so much empathy to understand what that's like. So the people in your life, most of them do not want to see you fail. That's why they don't want to see you risk success. It's not the other way around, usually. 
Yeah, that that right there alone is a huge nugget, and I think that's a different perspective that a lot of us fail to grasp onto or realize. And a lot of times we take that ego piece, and people are like, "Don't do it," and we start jumping on the train of this person doesn't want to see me win. But if you think about that, if you got somebody that truly cares for you and doesn't want to see you fail, which that's a unique thing, too, is you have to have that failure piece because that's really where your growth is going to come into play. But a lot of people want to run away from failure, not go chase it because of how society has uh, positioned the idea of failure. Mm -hmm. Think about it in school. You go get an F on a paper and it's all in red pen. And so you're you're trying your best not to screw up, but it's that piece that it has to take place because that's where your true growth is going to come into play. The yeah. wins and everything of that nature at a high level is is huge, but what learning experiences can you take away from the wins when the failures really opens up the door to say, okay, this is how you can grow. These are the lessons. And it goes back to just that's a huge nugget there for people to grasp and just take it and look at it in a different light. Mm -hmm. And it will show things to you differently that maybe you haven't considered before, um, which is a a big necessary step that has to take place. I was on a podcast last night and they were talking about, oh, you know, I can't wait to I wish I was where you are and 1180 episodes or whatever it is. And I said, you're looking at the wrong stat. You're looking at the wins. Hmm. You know why I'm pretty decent at podcasting at this point? Because I've made a mistake every single episode. The reason I am more quote unquote successful is because I'm a bigger a bigger failure. I've just failed more times. And I know, oh, if I say something wrong, I have this story to pivot to. All right, cool. Let me do that. Or, you know, it's just we are, we're measuring the wrong thing. Or at least we're not aware of the other thing. We know how many home runs somebody hits, but we don't necessarily know how many times they struck out but we don't really care because they hit so many home runs. I think we have to understand that failure is not only going to happen. It is directly correlated to your level of long-term sustainable success. I don't want to win the lottery if I don't understand how to manage money because I'll be broke very, very quickly. That's not long-term sustainable success. And it's not a series of failures that leads to that success. So it's almost like in a weird way, the failures you have on the journey are the bricks that allow you to build the building. And the lessons you learn are the more you put between, right? And then the stronger that building gets, the more probable and sustainable your success will be. But everybody wants, and again, I did too, everybody wants that overnight success. Hmm. But there is no such thing as overnight success. There is overnight awareness. So (laughs) say Alan and I, somebody tweets something tomorrow about us and we go viral. We're quite literally no better tomorrow than we were today. But now everybody knows about us. It's not overnight success. It's overnight awareness. Nothing really changes day to day. So I always throw that out there because I think we assume Taylor Swift was something different the day before she quote unquote made it. Most likely not. She was probably exactly the same, but she something happened in the universe and boom, the cards aligned in the right way. Well, and I think a lot of times people are not prepared for that next level um, of awareness, right? For example, you look at these people who all of a sudden, maybe their reel blew up or their TikTok video blew up, and then they're chasing that again and again, hoping that they can duplicate and replicate because you know maybe they got 30,000 likes. 
But of those 30,000 likes, they like the video. They like the concept. They like being in the moment where they're feeling a certain way. And it's your job then to be prepared to turn around and say, hey, I hoped that this would happen. But most people freeze and they turn around and say, oh, crap, now I got to do another one or I got to turn around and make more videos. But it's it changes them when you don't have that foundation, when you don't have those bricks, as you talked about. Now you've got potential windows. Now you've got more damage coming in because everything that you built wasn't a solid foundation. Yeah. You know, and so what we talk about all the time in anything, uh, but with especially with podcasting and, and obviously I'm going to talk to you about this here because of how many episodes you've done. <laughs> But we talk about podcasting being a marathon, not a sprint, mm. right? Just like content, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's being consistent. So I don't know if I know anybody that's gone on 300 podcasts, much less over a thousand. <laughs> so the stamina piece, man, like, and again, tell us more. I mean, where, at what point? Did you turn around and, and, you know, did you write these goals out? Did you turn around and say, you know, I'm going to be go on this many or was it just something like, hey, you know what? I fall in love with it every time. I know I'm going to get better. I know I'm going to be able to do this. You know, what did that look like for you? <laughs> Full disclosure, Alan kind of made me. <laughs> it was uh, oh, Alan. <laughs> yeah, Alan, he's the vision. I can't claim to know what's going to happen in five years, but I know Alan will. That's I'm, I'm blessed in that. I'm blessed in that. Now I am the horse that gets sent out and I just go do then. And again, I'm really good with the action piece. What happened for us was people kept pushing us. Mm. I, we did a, we did an episode pretty early and I, Chris Harder, a very successful podcaster and entrepreneur, he challenged us. He said, you guys, I think he said the same thing. You guys are too good to be doing one episode a week. You got to do another one. Mm. Evan then challenged us again. And then he challenged us again after that. And I think it just got to the point where we were like, look, we, we kind of take things to the extreme. So we said, we're already doing five episodes a week. Like, why don't we just do an episode every day? Right. That's going to be our brand. Our brand is you can get a little bit better every single day. But the only way we can lead a charge like that is if we lead by example. So you and I have to be on these microphones every single day. Then I realized how much I loved podcasting. I mean, I, I love it. So I, so technically I have 1200 episodes recorded. Plus I have another show about podcasting. I think I have 25 episodes, but this year, I think I did 700 episodes total. Wow. I love it though. Right. There's other people that did 700 performances of ballet. Mm. I couldn't do 700 performances of ballet. I don't love ballet. There's people who have done 700 um, speeches. I mean, I love speaking, but not as much as I love podcasting. So when we're talking about stamina, there also is such thing as how aligned is your grind? My grind is very aligned, right? I'm wearing pajamas, like, you know, waist down. I'm wearing pajamas right now. I'm at home. I didn't have to leave the house today if I didn't want to. I'm very blessed where I've set my life up where I can do this all day, but I also love this. I love this. I don't care how many downloads you have. I don't care how many episodes you have. I don't care what size your audience is. I'm going to come on here and I'm going to give it my all because that's what I love doing. And here's the other part. When I recorded an episode, it was episode number seven. It was called Chase Your Effing Dreams. I was still working in this job I hated. I wanted out. And in that episode, and the audio quality was terrible because I didn't know what I was doing. But <laughs> in that episode, I remember saying, I want to wake up when I want. I mm. want to go to bed when I want. I want to go to the gym when I want. I want to podcast with amazing people. I want to be my own boss. 
I want to be my own boss. What would that be like? Mm -hmm. And here we are. I cannot forget what it was like before I had it. Because if I do, I will lose it all. Yes. And I do not want to be guilty of that. I do not want to get arrogant. I am grateful for where we are. I am hungry for where we're going. And that's an important balance to hold. I am very grateful for what we have. So grateful. But I'm also very hungry for what we do not yet have. And I think that's an important balance. But it starts with grateful. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. So part of it for me is honestly the fact that I worked my face off traveling for a couple of years where this isn't that bad, all things considered. Right. That's part of it. And I have a tattoo on my arm that says never quit. So that's like, that's my brand. So <laughs> that that's resilience in a nutshell. And I have to be that. And I feel like that, like, we're just all intertwining everything that we talk about yeah. all the time. And I love this, but what's so cool is that, you know, when you say things and, and maybe again, your environment, maybe the people are around, sometimes it's hard to have those conversations with people who are not there. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it gets harder and harder as you break away because you're breaking away from circles that you maybe been around for a very long time. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with trying to help those people, but it, it's a harder concept for them when they're not there. And so the fact that it's so refreshing to be able to hear that from other people <laughs> who are also saying the same things, you know? Um, so I love that, man. Was there anything that you saw that you wanted to to highlight? Because I know there were so many on the spot. when we were looking at his profile that we were Put like, him on the spot. Let's not talk about that. I honestly, so it actually is a couple episodes that I've listened to the podcast. And one of the things that you had highlighted was going on the road and having to drive and having these deeper discussions with the friend. I don't recall the friend's name. Ray. You had, yeah, you had talked about, you had a speaking engagement. He showed up there, gave you a book, but the conversations that you guys had was at a, a different level than mm -hmm. you had with normal individuals because you were finding something that really drove you and really wanted to tap into to elevate whatever you're trying to bring out there. So I think that's huge there because of that relationship and what that did for you, springboarding you to that next level. But the other thing that you highlight in the bio is everything that took place, it started with you and you mm -hmm. are the central part to make that change. And it's one of those things. A lot of people will look outside themselves and try to blame everything else. And what we have to do is start with ourselves. And I tell people when we bring this up is you're centered to everything. You're centered to the storm. And the only change that's going to take place is by working on yourself to improve. And then things will show up, but you have to do the work. So I think those type of conversations and then understanding that it's you is mm -hmm. huge because that's stuff that people want to overlook or run away from or not tap into mm -hmm. because now when you're looking at you you're looking at the the good side the bad side and we're trying to run away from the bad side because it's stuff that people said it's bad or to flaw <laughs> and it's just who you are and you just have to tap into it and embrace it for a long time after that breakup that i started with i blamed my ex-girlfriend it was, she's, she's this, she's that, she's this. Things started changing more when I started to take ownership for the fact that I am at least 50% of every relationship I've ever had. Hmm. Positive, negative, indifferent. And just to your point, there, there has to be a level of ownership there. Now, 
everything started with me looking in the mirror and figuring out who am I, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, but it continues to be you from the frame of the self-awareness piece where I feel very, very connected with you both because I just see young Kev, but that's an awareness piece of that's why I'm, I'm giving it like extra. I'm giving it extra <laughs> where I did an interview and I've said this, it's so weird. I've said this like five times this week. I did an interview. I was on a show the other night. And just imagine this. I was interviewed by a doctor who worked for NASA mm. and I believe was training to go be a doctor in space. And I had this moment before the interview where I said, I am screwed. There is <laughs> no way I'm going to be able to hang with this person. And it was a great interview, but that's self-awareness, mm. right? It was still up to me to show up and try. And it went really well. It's always centered around you to your point where you are the lens that you live your life from. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to work on you. Theoretically, when you work on yourself, everything is capable of changing because the way you look at things can change and you're elevated and your awareness is there. So yeah, I think that if I could know or learn one thing sooner, if I could go back and say, all right, Kev, you're 25 years old, I would say, go all in on yourself. Because at the end of the day, your own self-improvement, your personal development set point is going to determine so much of your success. But I didn't know that back then. I try not to live with any sort of regrets, right? But one thing that I've always kind of had this kind of image, and it's basically, I've always just said, I want my past to be proud of its future, mm. right? And so, you know, there's too many people where they get stuck looking back. And then there's too many people where they forget where they come from. And I feel like that there's a has to be a little bit of both, because if you are on one side or the other, you got the dreamers who just dream without action and you got those who just live with regret and uh, they don't necessarily learn from their past. They just kind of keep um, dread, uh, dreading on that. So, um, you know, as you look through, you know, the things that you've done besides maybe taking action or besides maybe learning something more. When you look back on, I mean, 1200 episodes, right? When you look back on, you know, the things that, you know, from any sort of entrepreneur perspective, because a lot of the people that we talk with, a lot of people that we're connected to are entrepreneurs, various different phases, but we're always looking for what is that nugget that you have for somebody who's maybe looking to improve, maybe, maybe they're stuck um, at a certain point in their business, um, or for somebody who's new coming on, what are some of those nuggets that you have for them? I would say that the simplest advice I would give is you're probably overcomplicating things way too much. <laughs> it's 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 this simple thing where from day to day, progress is invisible. From year to year, it's impossible to miss. Okay. And I think, is that something you guys are talking about? We say it all the time. That's like Scott's main, like one of his main sticks all the time. Um I love that though, that progress is invisible. I'm going to write that down. I think it's so important. It's like, I'm not any better than I was yesterday, but in a year I'll be really good. And mm -hmm. I, I think we, and this is the other thing. I mean, if you've said this, I'm leaving. If you've said this in these exact <laughs> words, I'm taking off. One of the big problems that I know I experience and I see a lot is we assume, you ready? And if you've said this, I'm leaving. We assume that where we are today is where we're going to be forever. But we also assume where somebody else is, is where they've been forever. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> uh, we're meant to be. <laughs> that's the advice I'd give. That's and that's the advice that would resonate with me. I <laughs> I think a lot of people assume that you're gonna build the pyramid today, and you're not. You're not. What's so interesting is, and God, I don't know how many times Scott has heard me say this, but I tell people all the time, your business is not a marriage. Today, what you're doing may only be a stepping stone to get to where you want to go. It may be something that, yes, you pour your heart into and you build it up, but maybe it's better for you to sell it. Maybe, I mean, there's so many different phases that you don't know about yourself there's so many uh, tough things that you're going to have to go through, but there's so many great things that you're going to learn along the way. And so when I tell people that they look like I slap them in the face because to them, they're like, well, this is the only thing I think I want to do mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But as you grow, as you know, you learn more about other businesses, which is going to help you, you're also going to maybe find new passions. You're also yeah. going to have new friends. You're going to have a whole different environment. And so what you start with today don't find yourself and attach to this thing to where that's something that you have to be a slave to, right? Like you said, that freedom, you know, being able to pick when you work, who you work with, when, you know, how you show up, all those different things. So I love that advice, man. And and God, like, this is so good. This is so good. (laughs) Three of a kind, three of a kind. The other thing too is you, you you can't understand a lot of us don't know what's going to work because we don't know what's not going to work right it's like some of the best pivots we've ever made as a business or me as a human is is come after a massive failure mm. it's like oh okay two two options i'm willing to grind through this this cement block in front of me or honestly i'm going to go around this this isn't i'm i'm not up for this but a lot of it's like there's so many pivots that come through failure when you win it's easy. It's when you're winning, it's easy. There's not that much feedback. You don't have to, you don't have to overthink things when you're losing. You have to question a lot of things. Am I doing the right thing? Have I not done it for long enough? Is there a pivot? Am I missing something? It's, it's very, very important to understand that the lessons in the losses are valuable. Usually at least if not more valuable than the ones in the victories. And again, I didn't start with that mindset or that perspective. So I understand, but the earlier you get it, the better off you'll be. I think the biggest shift for me was I went from this place where I had zero abundance, right? I, I couldn't afford marketing. I couldn't afford for a website. I couldn't, I didn't know how to build it myself. And then it went from, I can't afford that to, I only need one or two more sales for that. No, I only need one or two more. Full transparency. Last week, I lost a large client, right? 20,000. And to turn around and say, you know what? We'll make that up in four clients. We'll make that up. Yeah, minor setback, but that wasn't my ideal client because they never even got a chance to get back to me, right? And so when when you have that mentality to say, you know what? Yeah, I took an L, but what can I learn from this? Well, hey, I learned I got to improve some of these processes. I learned I got to get better communication. And so it's people go on these roller coasters, right? Of emotions, of being an entrepreneur, these highs and these lows, but if you can separate how low those lows go. So instead of being so extreme, now they're here. Mm -hmm. And for most people, again, they're looking at the results. So they only see the highs and they only think that your lows are maybe higher than where they're at. But ideally, I mean, like we're all just learning from each other and it's, are you taking action? Are you willing to bet on yourself? 
And I feel like that a lot of people our society has taught us not to. It should be. The the goal of it is to have the same practices. It's like, all right, cool. You lost a client. Were you still trying to get clients or did you pump the brakes when you got them? That's like, that's what happens with, and again, that's happened to us. We had a $48,000 month and Alan and I took it easy. And guess what? We had a $15,000 a month the next month. That's on us. That's on us. When you stop doing what got you to the dance, you do not get to dance anymore. And I think people forget that it's, there's the lag, the behavior that brought you the results. I mean, that was months ago. Mm-hmm. That was months ago. So it, yeah, it's very important to make sure that you're running the consistent systems regardless of the outcomes, as long as you have determined that those are the most valuable, aligned, result-driven decisions. But having that growth mindset is this. I lost a client. I got, I already, I mean, I got the client. I can get another one. Mm-hmm. All right, what what went wrong? And then straight to your point, what did I do? Or how do I improve the system? So this is a productive loss. Love it. And so we, we, you've already gone through kind of my next and my favorite phase of what we do. But so we really practiced gratitude, right? It's such a huge piece for me, part of my business. You know, I, I blog about my wins, my losses, you know, just personally for myself, but I keep track of everything. And one of the things that I always do is it allows me to reminisce for the week, for the month, for the connections, you know, right now we're near the end of the year, so 2022, going out, sending my gratitudes, things like that. So in this moment, with whatever you're kind of going through, whoever's fresh on your mind, is there anybody that you would like to maybe thank, or is there anybody okay. uh, or anything, you know, that that you're super thankful for? Uh, I know you talked about being blessed of where you're at, and I, re- I love that. But, you know, this kind of opportunity, maybe take a few moments for anybody that uh, has been greatly supporting you. You know, people come in and out of our lives as we need them to. But, you know, who's fresh on top of your mind? This beautiful young lady here, my wife, she uh, I don't know how far into the entrepreneurial journey you both are, but my wife has been with me since I couldn't afford to pay rent. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't I was able to get some nice Christmas gifts this year, two years ago, three years ago. I wasn't. I couldn't get any Christmas gifts. So my wife, yeah, she's the most supportive, believed in me long before I believed in myself and uh, has made this possible. The long nights, the early mornings, the crazy ideas, she's been there every step of the way. So she gets the number one spot for sure. Like and then leader. Alan, Alan is number two because Alan's the uh, the best business partner in the world. It's not, we're best friends, we're brothers, we're business partners, but we we also talk about what's real. It's not just business, it's life. Like, how do we get better? How do we become better men? Hey, I need to be vulnerable. I need a shoulder. I'm very blessed. I have wonderful humans around me and I'm very, very blessed for that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're saying, it's like a mirror. It is. Uh, so, you know, so my wife was an entrepreneur long before I was. You know, she never would have taken that faith. Um, so how she became an entrepreneur is her boss basically texted her three days after our son was born. And he said, when are you going to come back to make me some money? And I said, you're never going back. And I said, how many clients do you have? And she said, maybe three to five. And I said, can you text them? And so all five of them said, hey, yes, if you start your own thing, we'll come with you. So she started out mobile. She was breastfeeding. She's sleeping. She's got a baby, right? I'm driving around because I'm on paternity leave. And, you know, so me and the baby are like hanging out in the back. (laughs) And I'm like watching her unload these this table and all the and supplies and then I'm like I gotta load it up when she's done so she's like oh I'm gonna go breastfeed the baby you get everything so I'm walking into strangers houses hey I'm just here to pick up the stuff right <laughs> um and it was a whole mess and about three months in she was like I think she had 15 clients and she said hey if I opened up something in the house would you guys show up 
every single one. Yes, we need. It's so much pressure to have you come to our house and to make sure it's clean. And the kids are even got their pants on or whatever. You know, she, it was horrible, right? So she, they were like, yes, we would love to come over. It's such a relief. I try to. I go to the nail salon to get away from my my kids. I go to get away from my husband, right? I go to get away from myself, right? Like all these different things. And fast forward, I think three years in, she had like a wait list of like two hundred seventy five girls. Um, here we are seven years later and she's like declining people because she's trying to free up more time for herself and charging more, you know? And so I think it was probably year five, six in there that she said, you know what? I'm comfortable. I can carry us. You, you go find your thing. I'd been working in insurance and call centers for like 10 years, uh, 14 years actually. And I was like, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to do. I thought of everything else, but and then something came and said, you know what? You've been learning all of these skill sets and you have a heart for people. And so you can do better in this industry that you already know. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I built everything through social media. But my wife was there from day one where she said, you know what? I got you. Do what makes you happy. Because when you come home and you're in the sales environment and you live and die based off of like if you made a sale or not, she goes, I can't deal with that. Because I married somebody who is going to be consistent as a husband. I married someone who is going to be consistent as a father. Mm-hmm. You're not being a very good one of either of those when you come home and you're only focused on work. And I told her when we launched this thing, because there was a, I had a small interview with a company that was going to offer me 150 k a year working the nine to five. And I said, I don't know if I can take that because if I don't take this chance on me, I may not ever do that. She turned around and she said, you know what? I trust you. I said, give me three years and I'll make more than what they gave me. And here we are three and a half years later and we're doing it. It's uh, you hear a lot of people say behind every successful man, there's a woman that's for me. And again, let's just say this behind every successful person, there's a partner, man, Mm -hmm. woman, I don't care whatever your preference is. It's not, it's, it's side by side. Yes. My wife is not behind me. She, she can be behind me if we're running through fire. I'm fine. Like I'll take the brunt of that, but you know, when it comes to everything else, we're, we're side by side. And I told her, and I can feel it. Like I can feel the emotion. I told her in the beginning, I said, I, I promise I will not fail us. I will do whatever it takes to be successful. I promise I, I will not fail. It's not in me. I will die before I fail. So I feel that I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's why we get along so well, you and I. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I tell people all the time with the relationship, it's never 50, 50. It's always 100, 100. Yeah. So, so with listening, uh, the passion that you have, Kevin, and just the the focus on the inner work, when you look at the the legacy, and I know some people are like, well, I can't determine what that legacy is going to be. That's other people's choice. But mm-hmm. when you look at it for yourself, tapping into the realm of podcasting, being able to go speak and do what you need to and whatever you want to, how do you incorporate or how do you see podcasting in regards to what you're building and the impact that you want to leave behind and what you're creating. Yeah, it's interesting for me. And I don't, it probably sounds cliche, but I don't, I think of legacy as not when I'm gone forever, but when I'm gone from the environment. So my legacy, when I leave here, I hope you both take something positive away and you're like, wow, he was down to earth and cool. And then maybe you'll do something different in your next episode because of it. Cool. Awesome. I did my job. That's how I look at it. I don't, I don't think about what's going to happen when I'm gone because I believe that every day I come into somebody's life and then I leave somebody's life. So I'm already gone. 
And they may never think about me again. They might think about me tomorrow. For me, it's just being a good person. Like really, that's, I do not want to win if I have to be bad. I don't want to do it. We could be way more successful than we are, but we, we're not playing for that. We're playing so we can be character-driven men, a character-driven company. For me, it's instilling possibility, but making sure people feel the relatability. That's what I want to do. I want people to say, wow, that was a real human. That was a real human. Not perfect. Doesn't have it all figured out. Maybe I say some cool stuff. Awesome. Love that. But I make mistakes just like everybody else. And I want people to know that. Yeah, it's very important to me that I am the type of person that I would resonate with. Mm-hmm. I never resonated with a lot of the self-improvement people because they were too perfect. Mm-hmm. What do you, I don't, I can't be that. I'm not that. I'm not a genius. But what I will do is work really hard on my character, be consistent and try to show up every day. So I think of it as every single opportunity I have to meet somebody, that's my legacy with them. And then with a podcast where we have a very large mountain that we're trying to climb, we're trying to bring holistic self-improvement to the masses Hmm. and we're aiming for the most successful podcast ever in the self-improvement industry that will take us the rest of our lives. But if we make it or we get close, we'll have a lot of impact. And I would say that's the the ultimate legacy anyway. Well, I I think the... Regardless, coming in and out of people's lives and whatnot, I know you had shared making a friend at Lowe's, and mm-hmm. uh, you're like, if I had the best and people were thinking I was working here, cool, I get to hang out with my buddy. And I, I think that's powerful because you're like, I just want to be human. I just want to show up in the moment. And so that right there, and it, it, when you're listening to the podcast and you're able to see the person and whatnot and incorporate the different stories that just plays into what you share and what you highlighted there. And I think that's huge because you're like, I just made a friend. I just want to show up for this person. I don't know if this person is going to remember me and whatnot, but then you get to the point where you're like, give me a vest. We'll work together. Even though I don't work here, we'll have a conversation and just hang out. Yeah. I think we forget how, how much of an impact you can have on somebody's day. I mean, imagine if you were having, even if you were having an average day doing something that you weren't necessarily super pumped about and somebody made you laugh, that might change your entire day. It's that small stuff. I mean, people remember that. Mm-hmm. People remember that stuff way more than I think we give credit to. So I'm I'm trying. And again, I have my bad days where I don't want to talk to people, but I would say that's way less than, yeah, it's way less. I like people. I like making people laugh. I like making people smile. I like getting them to question like, wait, what did that guy just say? He said much love before he left. Like what? What isn't that weird? I like that because it maybe maybe that person is a little bit happier and they're nice to somebody that comes in and then that person is nice. You know, it's pay it forward. You can pay it forward energetically. Yes, you can do it with money by buying somebody's coffee, but you can do it energetically too and that's something I'm I'm trying to do. Even this, like the reason I showed up the way I did today is cuz I want you two to be happier today. Like, right. And when you go home, maybe you'll be in a better mood or whatever. Right. Or maybe you'll be, maybe you're having a crappy day and you're like, you know what? Today's not so bad after all. That's, that's what I'm playing for. I love it, man. Just, just being able to show up, right. Uh, show up and up and be authentically you. It's huge, man. Like just, I tell people all the time before you can convert on any sale, right. My team, you have to be human. Mm-hmm. You have to have interaction and because if it's just transactional yeah it might hit here or there but it's not going to stick right and when you learn about people when you figure out what makes them tick when you figure out you know when you just listen people tell you everything 
whether it's in their body language, whether it's, you know, in their words that they're using, you know, so as a writer, as a, as a poet, I use a lot of literal terms. So when people say, Hey, like, I want to go and have a conversation with you, right. It's converse is, is generally, Hey, I have concern. I want to go ahead and share some, when they say, I want to discuss something with you, dis and cuss, right? Like we already know where that conversation is going. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, no, I love, I mean, you're, you're, you're saying everything better than the way that I say it, but you are saying the same exact thing. And I love that, man. And, and to be able to, to feel your energy, you know, through a podcast, to be able to know that just right off the bat, you're an authentic person. I think a lot of times people live in this world where they're so used to being duped. They're just mm-hmm. waiting for the shoe to drop because we've seen it happen or because they've had it happen. But I genuinely feel that what you're bringing the way that you want to take care of people i feel that um and i resonate with that so thank you for for showing up authentically and for your mission man i mean the world definitely needs that i appreciate it at the end of the day people are going to like you and some people aren't going to like you and the right people will like you if you're yourself i i would rather be disliked by some people for who i am than loved by other people that shouldn't love me it's Mm. that the the law of attraction can't work unless you're yourself that's the only way it works so yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. So Scott has this tendency to just kind of like laugh at everything, which <laughs> his laugh is super infectious. But like oftentimes I know the wheels are turning, you know. And so take us back to kind of what was little Kevin like, you know, what what did little Kevin, uh, if you could look back and maybe see, you know, what were some of the things that, Maybe now you can see that this was all building up, or maybe there were certain spots that maybe you had no idea. Little Kevin was an angry, angry child because he was raised without a dad. Mm. And he thought his dad left because he wasn't good enough. And that made me very, very hungry in many ways, but it also made me very angry. I had a I had a pretty bad temper when I was younger. I remember I used to punch CD cases to see how much my knuckles would bleed because I just, I liked it. I don't know. There was, there was that, there was something there about that, but yeah, for me, that was, that was little Kevin. Little Kevin was somebody who had no idea what he wanted to do. He was angry. He didn't know what was normal. He didn't necessarily know what a normal family life was. That was normal Kevin. And now when I look back, it's like, I mean, so much of who I am today is based on that. And when I was 27, I got the opportunity to meet my dad. And when I met my dad, and this is going to sound harsh to many, so I, I want to preface it with that. I realized that my dad was just a man who had never worked on himself. And mm-hmm. I was more mature than my father when I was 27. I was more holistically successful. I was more aware and I had greater character that allowed me to empathize and understand, look, it's number one, it's probably not bad that he wasn't around. And number two, he was just a man living his life and he had no idea what he was doing. I mean, are we going to let this person or are we going to villainize this person and give them such a, a big part of our life when really they're not capable of editing? Like we talked about earlier, editing and writing. Let me write it. He's been editing it for a long time. That gave me peace of mind. That gave me closure. I had the opportunity to facilitate a relationship if I wanted to. I decided that I didn't, but that was my decision, right? At least I got to make the decision. So it came full circle and that was one of the most impactful things I've ever done. And it offered me a, a level of closure that I didn't think I could get, honestly. Kudos to you, man, because, you know, a lot of people 
might even judge that, right? To turn around and say, well, you had an opportunity to to mm-hmm. make it right or whatever. And, and you did, right? People don't realize that you did and that that was totally your choice. You know, one of the things that we've talked about for a long time is how forgiveness is for you, not for others, mm-hmm. right? And so you can forgive people from a distance. You don't have to be in their face. You don't have to meet them face to face. You don't have to do this really brave thing to turn around and, and go and meet somebody to say, I forgive you. You know, that's closure for you. Yeah. So that way you can continue to go on to the next chapter. It's a boundary, yeah. right? It, it's it's one of those things where I have to set the boundary. I know that we have a we have a quote unquote relationship that by standards means that I'm supposed to see you now and we're supposed to love each other. We're blood. But for me, I want to put up the boundary and say, look, I I'm not. And again, I don't mean any ego with this. I'm not necessarily the type of person you can just call on a Tuesday. You can't just like call me at 11 and expect me to get right back to you. Like, I don't even have my phone. My phone's over here. I'm, I'm working. I knew that it was probably not sustainable and I wasn't willing to put in the amount of work it would take to make the relationship aligned. It just, I didn't think it would be worth it. I just didn't. And I, will I regret that one day? Maybe, right? That is, that, that is a pill I'll have to swallow when that day comes. I don't think I will, but I don't think anybody does. That's why it's regret. And if you had the awareness, you'd make the different decisions. So I don't think I will, but I've been wrong every day for the last 34 <laughs> years of my life in some way. Um, it's a protection mechanism in some way too, right? Uh, because sometimes it is so hard to care for people who are self-destructive. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to care for people who aren't going to show up. It's hard to be around people who don't show up, yeah. right? And so all those things like to all the things that you've had to go through to get to where you are and for that one piece to maybe come and ruin it all you have to protect yourself so say kudos to you for for being able to do that i appreciate it i appreciate it very much this is all episodes there's been nuggets all around so for our legacy warriors out there extract one thing right now go work on it go implement it and then come back to the episode and see what other nuggets are here that you need to extract to become a better version of yourself. Uh, Kevin, no, uh, gotta thank you for your time. As we end here, um, for people that want to dive more in depth on what you provide through the podcast and just the connection piece, where can people go learn more or go take a deeper dive with you and Alan in regards to what you guys share? Yeah, I always suggest the podcast. I know a lot of people have books or whatever for me go listen to the podcast it's always free it's valuable it's there every day it'll be there it's a mentor in your pocket so just search next level university we're on all the podcast platforms we're on youtube we'll be there every day in your pocket if i can't make it alan will do it if alan can't make it i'll do it we're gonna be there that's our promise so yeah next level university we're everywhere you will find us i promise awesome yeah no we'll put that in the show notes so people can find it quickly absolutely if you guys ever catch yourself uh, anywhere near Colorado, let us know. We'd love to hang out. We'd love to host you guys, you know, and just be able to build with people who have really big dreams and ambitions and who have gone from the worst of themselves to improving and showcasing that authentically. So Consider it done. I got married in Colorado in August, so I've been there many, not many times, several times. I'm sure I'll be back when I am. We can connect. Awesome. And congratulations uh, to you and your, your, your wife, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Guys, this has been, uh, man, probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done thus far. We've every got... episode your favorite. I know. I, I say I <laughs> that every episode. Yeah. 
but again, it's it's learning, right? It's uh, it's improvement, but it's also, man, this there's always so much, and this is why I love what we do. But yeah, we can't thank you enough, Kevin. Uh, man, this has been a real pleasure, and uh, we look forward to continue seeing um, what you're going to do. And uh, thank you again for your help today. My pleasure, genuinely. Mm-hmm.